0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: Now for the latest from the US on the hearing of Tom Martins and Molly Martins Corbett, who've both pleaded guilty to the voluntary manslaughter of Limerick man Jason Corbett. And joining us from North Carolina is Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent who has written a book on this and has been covering this case from the very beginning. Good morning to you Ralph. Um, It it is fascinating that for the family, um, Jason Corbett's family, this is probably the most painful piece of this entire saga um, in terms of court cases, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could, certainly there's no words of mine, could convey, I'd say, the hurt and the upset that the family have gone through over the past, um, well, tomorrow will, or today will be the seventh day of the hearing. Um, It has been very difficult. I think quite prophetically, they said a couple of years back that they believed that Tom and Molly Martins had taken um, Jason Corbett's life. And that they were now determined to take his good name and reputation as well. And not just that, but I think the, the kind of the collateral fallout as well. I mean, you have the Fitzpatrick family who've been caught in this as well. And I can't even imagine the hurt that they are going through because of the the, the allegations that were made last week, firstly by Molly Martins. And then, of course, we had all of that, the, the fallout from the medical experts who were going over her cause of death and the inadequacies of the post-mortem report that was submitted from Limerick to the trial here in Lexington in North Carolina
1: Indeed and that's Jason's first wife Mags and her family released a very strong statement over the weekend didn't they Raph?
0: Yeah, just I suppose to put it in context, Joe, for people that may not be familiar with the full background to it, um, Jason was married to to Margaret uh, Fitzpatrick, or M- Mags Corbett, and they had two children uh, just a couple of weeks after the birth of their youngest, Sarah. Uh, Mags got an asthma attack in November of 2006. Now, she was with her sister and her husband in the property when she got the attack. She used inhalers, she used her nebulizer. Um, they rang for an ambulance. The ambulance was some distance away. So her sister Catherine stayed with the two children who were two years and younger. And Jason put mags in the car and drove to meet the ambulance. She stopped breathing in the amb- in the car. He stopped the car, did CPR, got a pulse back. They then met the ambulance. Uh, the ambulance uh, treated her. Sadly, she died in the ambulance uh, on her way to University Hospital Limerick, where she was later pronounced dead. Now, her Irish death certificate, well, certainly her Irish death, the post-mortem report that was given um, from uh, Limerick to the hearing here in Lexington said that it was effectively a respiratory, a cardiac um, arrest linked to a bronchospasm in a known asthmatic. Now, unfortunately, several medical experts here have shredded that post-mortem report they have said that it was inadequate there was deficiencies in it there were certain things that should have been examined that they felt weren't examined and a number of medical experts have said that given on what is actually in the post-mortem report they don't believe that she died from asthma and unfortunately, I mean, it's probably the best way of explaining what has happened is from one of the defence experts who was being cross-examined. And he basically said it was, a, I think it was a Dr. Thomas Sporn was saying that, look, he said the Irish pathologist opened the door to all of these possibilities, including the fact that this could have been a homicide. And that's the defence's take, is that it possibly could have been a homicide, that she died of an asphyxia event. That was linked to uh, manual strangulation, certainly one of the defence medical experts. Um, uh, Dr. Bill Smock has said that. Now, that has been very, very strongly rolled back by other medical experts. In fact, three of the medical experts who gave evidence here, including Dr. George Nichols, who was the retired chief medical examiner for the state of Kentucky, and he was consulted by the prosecution. Um, to address this allegation um, from Miss Martins about the circumstances of the death of Jason Corbett's first wife. And Dr. Nichols basically said, look, the death is undetermined. He said, I- I- is-, is homicide possible? It's possible, but it's not wholly probable. So three of the medical experts have said that, look, really, all you can do is say the death, the death is undetermined. One of the experts giving evidence for the defense is the one who has gotten further.
1: Right. But Mag's sister was in the house and the, the yeah, family have been absolutely yeah. adamant about this yeah. in a statement yeah. the Irish authorities here stipulated that yeah. she had died of an asthma attack that there was no yeah. foul play involved and people certainly that I'm talking to are struggling enormously with the concept that these things yeah. can be said in an open court yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's absolutely outrageous, and I, I don't use that word lightly, Joe, it's outrageous that these things can be said in a court and no one has said that she was with her sister. That has not been said here, as as anyone listening to this here in Lexington would think that that Mags Corbett was on her own with her husband. No one has said, well, actually, she was with her sister. Here are the circumstances of the incident. But but what I don't know, is, I mean, why why hasn't
1: the prosecution made that
0: point? Uh, Simple answer, I don't know, Joe, uh, that they obviously have their own legal strategy. Um, What I can tell you is that the plea bargain agreement meant that certain evidence was being presented on an agreed basis. So the prosecution have entered specific amounts of information, certainly an awful lot of the detail and the allegations and the material that was presented in the first trial has not been aired in this current hearing. So what we're hearing is, in fairness, a lot of material that is very much uh, slanted towards the defence. So we're getting an awful lot of... And and can I I make
1: make one other point, because I think it's important in the context of this radio station and we're here in Limerick, and to be fair to the Limerick authorities circumstances beyond a post-mortem are always considered in these situations, i.e. known facts and details that would be known to the hospital and, and anyone else that would be relevant. Is that not true?
0: Oh, it is. And I think it's very important. And that's why I use the word outrageous, that it has not been specified here during this hearing who she was with because I think circumstances are very important but unfortunately what is under scrutiny here is the actual post-mortem report and from what we can gather it was very brief Um, all of the American medical experts have said it was inadequate it doesn't give a full to their standards certainly a full examination I I
1: know I'm asking you to speculate slightly but are we to believe that when someone dies from an asthma attack in the United States, that uh, a post-mortem of the sort of detail being discussed in this court is always carried out?
0: The simple answer, Joe, I don't know. Um, but if you go by, I can only go by what is being said in the court. And certainly the four medical experts who gave evidence have all commented on the what they've variously described as the deficiencies And the inadequacies of that post-mortem report. And certainly one of them, and he actually, he was, he was a prosecution expert at Dr. William Bozeman. He said that it was inadequate and he said it did not meet uh, the modern standards that they would expect in the US. Now, again, I I have to stress, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that they have not stressed. Who the precise circumstances of the incident, because I think that would that's enormously right. important. But what has happened is because this has been kind of aired, it has allowed the defence to make hay with the allegations that Molly Martin's have tabled. Oh, okay,
1: and and the, the reality is, I think you pointed this out before, Ralph. The prosecution are not in any way representing uh, the Corbetts, are they? Um, it, it, this this is a different process that we are seeing here around the sentencing hearing.
0: Yeah, again, as you say, Joe, it's not a trial. It's a sentencing hearing. So we're, we're dealing with two convicted people. They have, well, certainly one has pleaded guilty. The other has entered no contest. And the judge, Judge David Hall, has said, look, the state or the judiciary consider a no contest to be a form of a guilty plea. So what the defence are doing is arguing mitigation And what the prosecution are trying to do is set out the facts of the the incident and trying to qualify some of the mitigation that the defence are coming up with. Now, we do expect the prosecution to be very strong in terms of how they close. And there's a very strong chance that a lot of the material that came up in the first trial will come out in the prosecution closing arguments. But having said that, there's an awful lot of material in this hearing in favor of the defense that wasn't in the first hearing. For instance, we've had a lot of people from a lot of friends of Molly Martin's have spoken about the nature of her relationship with her husband. A lot of them have come out and talked about abuse and have talked about controlling behaviour and stuff like that. None of them gave evidence in the original 2017 hearing. And what we're expecting to happen today is that we're likely to move out of the kind of the medical phase of the submissions and come into character submissions on behalf of Tom Martins. There was only one individual gave evidence in 2017 as a character witness for Tom. Martins. We're expecting many, many more to do that today.
1: All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. I know it's very early in the morning in North Carolina, so we really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, there is also a podcast, I should mention, that Ralph Regal is involved with uh, on independent.ie. And Ralph is of the Irish Independent, has written a book on this subject and uh, has contributed to uh, to, uh, here at Live 95 over the last few months and years as well. And it's appreciated. Thank you.
0: Your views, your news, your lyric today with Joe Nash on Live 95.